a new day and a new stream of thought for episode number 61. And let me tell you, today we delve into the depths of the human psyche as it comes to our relationship to the interwebs. Can you sum it up a little better than that? Yeah. Well, what was cool about this one is that we really just talk about this one thing almost the entire time. It starts off by me mentioning how I saw an interview where this guy talks about just kind of phone addiction and just the way social media has been integrated into our society and just Victor's the seven day effects. challenge of like yeah, going seven without day Instagram. Challenge of going without Instagram. Can you Crap. go without social media for a week? Yes, I can do that. Anyway, it's a very fun conversation that talks about all sorts of different we things. Talk anonymity, we talk about anonymity. We talk about you know what, Tor. What, what is Tor? What is Tor? Find out. How do how do in, uh, companies collect your information and? Do you even realize they're collecting it? Yeah, this is a good one. So listen to the whole thing because it's amazing. So with that being said, episode number 61, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. So I was watching this short video today on my break. When I'm on my break, I like to watch a lot of um, videos on YouTube that are just like motivational or like spiritual type stuff or like technology. Like the drywall doctor. I actually don't watch, no. <laughs> I don't watch drywall doctor. Motherfucker. Um, there are 3,700 people that can do that. So I watched a few other videos. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was watching this video on, there, it was, there were, uh, Former CEOs of social media companies that were there with these companies when they first started, and they're speaking out on the use of social media and how the very use of it now is deconstructing social tools that have been developed to interact with people, to interact with our environment. And one of the key points was they're like saying people are addicted to social media, and if you don't think you're addicted, Try not using it for a week. And then he makes a joke, like, yeah, the room got silent. So I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to use my Instagram. I'm not going to use – I don't really use Facebook. I don't use Twitter. and But Instagram is really the only thing I use. So I thought to myself, all right, saddle up. Next so – not using Instagram for the next seven days. Really? And so you like based off of this video that you saw, yeah. you felt the you felt yeah. compelled to actually challenge yourself to yeah. be like, can I do it? What well, like what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about the whole? I'm excited for it because really, you think, you think of it's how much be a challenge? Do you think it's going to be tough? I think I'll be okay. But they're talking about the little. Uh, I mean, we'll see because they talk about you're going to miss little, out. Fuck Curly. No, it's fuck Jerry. Oh damn it! And Jerry News. <laughs> I get it right eventually. <laughs> fuck Curly. <laughs> It's fuck Jerry and Jerry News. All right. Um, but it's funny because you ever forget your phone somewhere and out of boredom, you reach for it to look at it, right? And then you realize you don't have it almost. And earlier today, I tried just not using – looking at Instagram like periodically and I would like realize like, oh, there's – I'm not – I don't have any – Stimuli. Stimuli in front of me right now. Uh, Instagram. It's like, no, just hold on. And I do waste some time. um, A lot of time gets wasted, like, just getting sucked into the vortex of social media, like watching videos and and just seeing little things here and there. And 
it's just like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like, I gotta just take a step back. Well, okay, so, and this is the weird thing, too, about trying to make a successful YouTube channel with Ray right now, is that I, on one hand, it's great because we're making money. On the other hand, I see how it feeds into the larger problem of, like, people binge watch TV shows. They binge watch YouTube videos. Like, once they start watching a YouTube video, it's like, oh, here's the next one. Sort of interesting on the suggested videos. You'll go down. You'll check it out, right? And you'll just sort of peruse through Mm -hmm. social media. And before you know it, you've spent four times longer than you actually originally anticipated, like, being on it. And it's interesting because... Like, I, I, we had talked about this before where I was listening to a podcast and it was from the Huffington Post and they're like something, something in regards to like Russian hacking of social media and, and fake bots and stuff like that. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? Just not use social media? Oh, yeah. And it was like said, said in this sort of like, what are we supposed to do? Not breathe kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And as somebody myself who doesn't, like the only social media that I, I engage with is on a business level. Mm-hmm. I don't go on Facebook. I don't go. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have you know. A, I, I have a Twitter, but I haven't tweeted in yeah. years. So I don't know. It's very interesting because there there is this like, well, if you're if you're not present, then you're like irrelevant in the world, right? Like tweeting a lot or like constantly checking is like both keeps you informed and keeps you sort of a relevant player. In the yes. social dynamic, they were saying too how it changes. You when Facebook started, and it was obviously it was. I remember when Facebook started, and I attempted to get a Facebook account, and I could not because my uh, my university email address was not yet activated. This is when you could. Oh when you yeah, had to have a Back university in address. The day when you had to actually. I had a university out. address, but it like didn't get activated until like my day on campus or something like wow. that. Wow, so I, I wasn't able to get Facebook. I got a Facebook before you. June twenty two thousand six. I think. Okay. And that was back when the options were friend request, poke, and. Uh, I don't even know if you could met. Yeah, you could message someone. Oh, I think. the poke, the the antiquated poke. Yeah, yeah. And is it before newsfeed? Newsfeed came out like in two thousand. Uh, maybe it came out fall two thousand six or two thousand seven. I remember when newsfeed came out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, they were talking about in this video just the different dopamine spikes that people get, and they talk about like you are being programmed. You don't even realize it, but you are being programmed. And I thought to myself, like, my, my use on social media and my engagement is very minimal compared to, I would say, most people. Yeah. You well, know, that's like, part of the reason why we can be friends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't spend – like, I periodically check it, I would say, to be completely honest. I probably just open up my Instagram. One, two, three. Maybe I, I open up Instagram. I don't even know, dude. I'm going to guess – Maybe like fifteen times a day. Are you gonna like put a lock on your Instagram so that you don't accidentally subconsciously just I'm it's just not ha- going like out to. of habit? I'm just not going oh, to. Oh really? So you're able to yeah. sort of like it, it doesn't become like routine of like, right. oh, check your email, check your you And know, I spend whatever. maybe like messages. I'll spend maybe at most like fifteen or twenty minutes on Facebook if I'm looking at videos, but that's all I do is look at videos. I don't interact or like look at other stuff you know what i'm saying yeah but the thing that i've realized with instagram like you open up instagram after it's been several hours or the whole day it's like there's brand new photos in there i only i follow less than 100 people so some it might happen where like i look at a photo the last most recent photo i open up my app like an hour later 
and it's the same photo. It hasn't been updated because it's, I only follow 94 people right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And um, so I I like Instagram a lot because I look at, like looking at pictures. But you've you've curated your content to like specifically only stuff that you want to look as opposed to all the other crap that it's – a lot of people but will just – now follow, what they're follow, doing follow, follow. is they have now integrated um, suggested accounts that you follow. So uh, I'll, In your feed? Yep. So I'm oh, no. flipping through my Instagram and I'll You're, see like a – I'll see like a Nike sneaker or something weird like that, and I'm and I'm thinking it's maybe like a I don't know I don't the closest thing I follow to like ads is like GQ and um, I think that's about it. But I'll be like, what the fuck? Or like other people, they like slip them in between the yeah. photos, mm-hmm. and it's like you should follow this. I'm like, damn it! Like, I remember when Twitter started doing that. Like, well, day. it's I mean, you you figure. A lot of people are trying to use YouTube's method of, for example, the when you click on your home, you'll have a, you won't just have people you're subscribed to. You'll have a lot of suggested videos on there of like things you might be interested in. And I know that Facebook and Twitter are both trying to find ways to monetize way, like the expansion of their universe. And I I think Instagram sort of is in that meta category, and Twitch is definitely monetize but you have like it's all about um getting people sucked in yeah. to that world well the facebook uh sean parker who's uh who started helped start facebook who was one of the guys who was speaking out against it said like yeah like, when facebook started it changes when you have you know a billion users or two billion users like it fucking changes the way people interact with it when it's on a mass level as opposed to being um, isolated in a small <laughs> community. But he said, yeah, and probably going into like when people are talking about you being programming, you don't even realize it. They had figured out like, well, how do we expand Facebook? Like, well, we get you to contribute content and we get you to spend as much time on, how do we spend, how do we get you to spend as much time as possible on Facebook? By contribute, contributing content. How do we get you to contribute contact, content? Oh, well, if you contribute something and you get an X amount of likes or hearts or thumbs up or whatever it is, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, what's, what, what else can I put on here where I can get the reaction that I just got right now with the thumbs up and the hearts and all that? Yeah. It's very basic. Very so animalistic. from a user standpoint, it's like you think like, oh, like you don't realize the – reasoning behind some of the things that is uh is going on to get users to continue using yeah and everything i mean i just i look at i i look at people who are so integrated and it's it's such an angry world it feels like the internet can be such an angry place if you sort of expose yourself to it because you're going to come across the the consequence of having multiple billions of people on social media is that you are going to get groups of people who are just like want to want to cause hate want to cause hurt and stuff like that and they're just sort of wandering through the wilderness that is the internet you know it's an unrestricted space whereas in social environments or like actual physical locations those people have been relegated to the corner like you are you are socially rejected if you act act like an asshole in public like people tend to be like well we don't want to associate with you whereas in in the interwebs these people have free reign to sort of not just 
cause chaos wherever they want to, but meet other people who want to cause chaos too. I talked with my mom. Do you know what doxing is? Doxing? Doxing. D-O-X-I-N-G? Yes. Correct. I do not know what that is. Really? You've never heard of doxing? Doxing. This is interesting because this is kind of a big thing. I know what doxing is. (laughs) I'm sure you do, (laughs) 70-year-old man. I heard that the other day. Docking. Docking. No, it's a a, a slang term. Enlighten me. What is is docking? So... Hey, you asked about it, okay? I did. Tell so me. docking is when, like, a guy puts his penis to the tip of another man's penis who's not circumcised, and then he rolls his skin over the other guy's penis. <laughs> you know, like, docking to the space center. <laughs> wow. Well, well, uh, you know what? I... <laughs> as much as I enjoy like keeping up to date on teen <laughs> slang these days, uh, I I I could I probably could have gone without that, you know. You but asked about I it. I did ask about I that. I can't remember so how it's, I, it's, I, I can't remember. This is like within yeah. This is like within the week. Somehow that got brought up in a conversation or oh my god, some, I can't remember docking. where it came from. Holy yeah, shit. yeah, no, that is nothing like doxing at all. <laughs> Nothing like doxing. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're like you're sweating right now. Uh, you're perspiring because of this. So it's encounter. warm in this room. It I really was is kind of warm. That. Okay, so doxing. What's doxing? D o x i n g. Okay. I I told my mom about this, and and she hadn't heard about it either. But I kind of expect. I'm surprised you haven't heard about it. This is um, a pretty common trend that is reported about in news or uh, a lot of social media. People talk about it. You'll see it on, on, on Twitter and uh, and Facebook and stuff like that. But when you get doxxed, basically what that is is that a bunch of internet trolls, people who like causing mayhem, pain, yeah. and suffering, like they just find joy in it for whatever reason, um, a group of them, normally over over 100, it's, it can be okay. thousands, um, but a, a group of at least 100 strong end up targeting an individual and saying we're going to find out every piece of personal information about this and post it on the web in as many places as we possibly can. And so they reveal um I like in the ideal docs you'll reveal the person's full name, their birth date, their place of current residence, their phone number, their social security number, their um uh, employment, mm-hmm. their friends and relatives, uh, any any vacation spots they go to, any places that they might frequent on a regular basis. And the goal is to be like, we don't like this person to all those other angry people out there in the internet world. We don't like this person. Do with them what you will. Like, here's their information. We're not saying do anything, but do with them what you will. Got it. And so if you end up walking into the wrong internet forum and like poking a beehive and you don't know it, Mm -hmm. you could experience the consequence of being doxxed, which is suddenly you have hundreds or thousands of people who all they do is play video games online, live in their parents' basement, and try and hunt down information. Yeah. Um, And they find like great joy in sharing their stories with everyone. So it's like this underground trend where like if you can get a group of people to dox an individual, 
another group might be like, oh, this is really entertaining, especially if it really, like, is apparently destroying this person's life. They'll be like, oh, this is really effective. Yeah. Like, and they'll jump on, too. And so you can get this wave of, like, you know, Interesting. fake news, so to speak, um, for just you. Like, if you were to walk into, like, a neo-Nazi forum and be like, fuck neo-Nazis, they would hunt down your IP address, find out your name, address, age, phone number, employment. Damn. Like it's kind of scary. And you wouldn't have to put in any information on your. They would. They would be able to take the computer that you were on, isolate its location, and determine based off of that, and based off of like white page page searches and stuff like that. They would be able to find out who you are simply based off the computer in your location. Wow. Sometimes they'll hack your your webcam as well, so they can get your face mm-hmm. and make sure that it's the right person. But yeah, it is. It is unleashing a demon. Damn. So that's sort of the the dark world of the internet. But I mean, on a lighter note, man, like people who people who engage in this sort of like extreme anxiety inducing constant everything is sort of the world is ending right mm-hmm. all the time. I think to myself, I listened to Philip DeFranco on YouTube, who's this. Uh, I've talked about him before, right? Yeah. Where he he is the voice of the internet generation, right? He's, he's the voice of the millennials on YouTube. And it's interesting to sort of keep tabs on what's going on, but to try and get involved in some of these disputes or even like share your opinion on some of these outrageous stories. Like, yeah, we live in a fucking messed up world, right? There are horrible things that go on every single day that everyone can get outraged about. But it's like now we're in a world where... <laughs> Because that gets clicks and views and gets people to continue watching stuff, people talk about that. Mm-hmm. And they, they bring up all of these sort of isolated event, events that, before social media, they were just local stories. Now, they're international. The world can see them. The world can get outraged about it. Yeah. And you have people who have no idea what a situation is sort of weighing in on this topic. Yeah, I agree. That is pretty... Man, the internet is so crazy. It's, when you, like, it's a actually, double-edged sword, man. Yeah. Like, you have access to all of human knowledge in your phone. Even even your phone. Access to all of human knowledge. But with great power, as they say, comes great responsibility. Because, yeah. shit, man. Like, access to all human knowledge, if you are, like, a, a rotten person at your core, you can do great damage. I wonder what would happen if you ask Alexa or... Uh, to be like Alexa, how do you build a bomb? Yeah, there there are they're integrating software where if you do something stupid like that, you will definitely get flagged by the NSA or other government agencies that are working with these tech companies to ensure that terrorists don't misuse yeah artificial intelligence. So yeah, the government is sort of integrated. Didn't into you that. say you have an uh, an Alexa? We, yeah, we have. Uh, a, who, I, I, similar with the Marvel movies, <laughs> as we discussed, uh, all these different technologies are coming out. Alexa is Amazon or Google, or who's? Oh, yeah, who, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon okay. Alexa. How's that been working for you guys? It's great. Do you I guys mean, use it every day. My dad uses it every day. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He plays music off of it most of the time. But if he's looking for the weather, or uh, if there's, you know, if he just is wants to know a, a stat or something like who was born when, kind of thing, he'll just say, you know, man, I would love to have one of those, but I'm afraid that it would be listening to everything in my house. Well, that's um, I, I mean, your technology. If you have something that's smarter than 
an iPhone 2 or whatever, <laughs> right? Like second generation iPhone, even your 4, 4S, right? Yes. I never had, no, my 5 regular, 5. Like, I don't have a 4S. It's I always listening to you. Do you, I guarantee you, you have location services on. Yeah, it's somewhere which, around here. It, it's somewhere around here, but I could show you that it's tracking your frequent locations, and I can, like, pull that up. But I have if the, you have any piece of, of technology, right, it's always going to be monitoring your location. It's always going to be, like, if you're browsing on the web, right, it's yeah. tracking everything about you. You you log into anything, I try and, and they, they monitor who you I try are and have it and set up where like. it only knows my location when I open the app. You think that. Yeah, I know. But um, it's one of those things where, like, I'm going to show you something. Fin- I actually did a YouTube video. I think it's on my my personal YouTube account that shows you how to get to this and disable it. But Interesting. Oh, this is going to be fun. Because I think that you actually have no freaking clue what you're about to see. You are more tech savvy than me. Oh, no. What? You disabled see. frequent locations. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I did that a long time ago. Off. Okay, so yeah, that, fuck that. That, that was one of those things that yeah. like a lot of people don't know is that deep, deep, deep into your settings. Look at I see how what many, you're saying. Yeah. Like, look at how many levels you have to go into to turn off the yes. software that tracks okay. everywhere you go. You have to go back, 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 yes, back. Yes, I see it's what under you're saying. Settings, privacy, yeah. general, like, application settings, uh, then another settings tab, I and then another settings tab, and then you finally get to that point of, like, turn off turn off frequent locations. But yeah. I mean, good for you that you were able to find that. But most people, especially people who are not super tech savvy, are just like, well, it is what it is kind of thing. Like, right now, I have... And it's the weirdest thing. And I know I've talked to you about this before, but I was, uh, I got this new phone from Victor, uh, in Minnesota and it had the allow Siri to sort of listen to your whatever. Hell no. And I was like, well, whatever, you know, in theory, I would like to say I have nothing to hide. So it's like, I don't care. Allow Siri to listen in the background. Is that what it is? Yeah. Allow Siri to listen to the background. And I'm of the attitude of, okay, you know what? I am willing to – my information is already out there, right? Like who I am and everything about me is on the interwebs. I have like – I can't restrict anything that they want to like know about me. Mm-hmm. So just let it like be right. with me and like know my, my behaviors and patterns. Maybe it will make my life more convenient. Maybe mm-hmm. it will like know things about me that I don't know about myself. Like that would be cool to learn. But it's uh, one of those things where – I ask myself, you know, <laughs> where 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 do I personally draw the line? And I'm willing to allow my phone to listen to me on a regular basis. I'm willing to allow my, you know, I don't I don't use um a t- uh what's it called for web searching uh, the deep web. There's um Tor Tor browser. What the hell? That is you that? can search the deep web without being tracked, or you can search the web without being oh, like going tracked. on incognito mode. It's in you, you get tracked. You totally get tracked on incognito mode. It tells you it's tracking everything you're doing. It just doesn't record your cookies. Okay, like it doesn't allow websites to see what you've been doing. But every your internet provider and the government still sees okay. everything that you're doing in incognito mode. Tor allows you to browse the web without government or internet surveillance, and so it's totally anonymous. How do you get Tor? Download it. It's a it's an extension. I've been, I've I've been considering downloading it for a while now because I do like the concept of like 
being anonymous on the internet, and I would like to move towards that, right? If I'm if I move towards Tor, I'll probably like take off the Siri app and stuff like that, yeah, and try and move back from this artificial intelligence gathering all the information that's out yeah. there. Because whether you know it or not, when you're hanging out with friends, if they have a more advanced phone than you, their phone is listening to your conversation too, picking up your name, picking up your information, and storing that in the vast space that is the internet. So, like, whether or not you want it, whether or not you own a device that's able to to record your stuff, like, your information is still being collected on a mass scale. And it's not identifying you specifically. It's not saying, Victor Marquez, we're going to, like, try and entrap you into, like, you know, committing a crime or something like yeah. that. But it's 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 used on the aggregate. It's, okay. like, used as a... Well, you're the type of person who might like this. You fit into this this algorithm category that says people who view what you view on the web, who talk about the type of conversations that you talk about, would like this t- sort of advertisements or other content showing up on other platforms. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought it was only me, but apparently everyone feels like this. When you're on the internet and all of a sudden it's an ad for something that you were thinking about, like... 30 minutes prior to going online. Like, well, that was what I was, like, was forgotten when I sort of like, like went off when I was talking about Victor getting me the new phone is that I had the Siri like stuff listening to me. Right. And within the first 24 hours of me having that phone, I go into YouTube and I load the app. Now, I don't know if this is because it's a new phone and it's like learning behavior for the first time or whatever, but I, I had had a con I'd never ever before in my life searched on my phone, YouTube, for, like, Christian or religious information, mm-hmm. ever. That's only been, like, PC and stuff like that. But I've never, with this phone, never done that. But I had a conversation with Brooks about religion. I had my phone with me. You know, I turned on all the apps. I, I transferred it over and all that. And we had had, like, this three-hour conversation about religion. And I go into YouTube after that conversation, and it's, like, I'm getting ready to go to bed watching a couple of YouTube videos, the only ads I'm getting are from Christian conservative really? broadcasting things. Like there's a there was a, a Christian YouTube channel. There's a church advertisement. There was like all these Christian things, and it's like where the hell did this yeah. come from? I have never searched for anything that would indicate that I have an interest in this at all. The only thing is that I mentioned religion, Christianity, stuff like that in a conversation. Mm-hmm. I know my phone's listening to me. How much is that actually influencing the advertisement? I don't get that anymore because I would like, right? Like I haven't had a conversation like that anymore. But I'm sure, you know, there's something going on there. I don't know. I'm really interested in acquiring Tor. Let's let's this extension let's that you're together. talking about. Is yeah. is can you access it on? Oh, it's an extension, so it's in your browser. Mm-hmm. So like, if you it'll work on your phone too. Yeah, yeah. I, connected to Google Chrome well, or something. I, I believe it was my dad who I remember first mentioning Tor as like a super anonymous browser. But then just browsing the internet, people say it's generally safer uh, for anonymity's sake that you use a browser like Tor, and that way too because you know how. Um, when we had the YouTube channel, you could see like the geography and the regions yes. where people were viewing us from. What Tor will do is it'll bounce it around, and so that view from Algeria may actually be from Chicago, Illinois, right? So some of these like weird country oh. ones is because people are using browsers that reroute the signal, so you can't get an accurate pinpoint on their location. So oh. it really does make you anonymous 
in it in the and it's frustrating for a lot of these tech companies like YouTube that want the most accurate algorithms and here they're getting like 75,000 people from Zimbabwe and it's like well, they're obviously <laughs> not watching a DIY how-to channel it's most likely because they're using Tor to reroute their their location but it's showing up as sort of like the ping it's pinged from Zimbabwe yes. so it have you seen uh have you seen Fast 8 no Okay, one, you would like it because it's an action movie and there's a lot of cool visual things in it. Two, uh, in this one, Charlize Theron is the villain and she's this super tech-savvy, like, hacker person, like, smartest person with technology in the world almost. Like, it's criminal mastermind with tech stuff. And in one of the scenes... Um, they get really confused because they're they're looking at this like signal, but they do that in that movie. They talk. I don't know if they use the words "tour" or anything, but like they talk about like the pings and the different locations to throw people. Yeah, off yeah, 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 for sure. But it's a really it's a one super fun movie to watch. But I thought of that because that whole movie it kind of revolves around technological warfare. Well, and and that's the thing too is that. You had in a lot of these movies, not just um, the one that you described, but a lot of others d- discuss this like futuristic technology about yeah. pinging stuff and like disguising your location and things like that. You saw it in a lot of sort of sci-fi fantasy movies decades ago, right? Um, the concept, and it was early military technology that eventually transitioned into um, commercial use, and now. It is so easy that I'm sure there there are even apps out there that are equivalent to what Tor does in just making you anonymous. Like there are there are ways that that can sort of separate you from the world of technology. The question is is like how much good will it do if they already have your information? You know, yeah, they can't gain more information, but they still have a file. Like yes. they still have like a thing, like data accumulation yeah. points about you. So. You know, for me, I guess I approach it as, well, it's kind of a futile effort. And honestly, you know, I don't really, I'm not somebody who uses social media on a, like, I need to use social media. I never use social media, right? So I'm not necessarily affected by that. But you can see how people can be socially manipulated in a mass level if something were to go wrong, right? Yeah. People know your likes, know your dislikes, know know what triggers you, know what knows what gets under your skin, knows how to, you know, energize or depress people's emotions. And advertisers and commercial interests and foreign governments all use that on an equal level, right? To try yeah. and push people's emotions and get them to do what they want to do. I was thinking what you just said earlier with like technology and everything. I wonder just what type of technology is out there that is not yet available to the public. Oh, I'm, I mean, Man. you you look at the de- uh, development of artificial intelligence. Like, that is the next threshold where we have some sort of sentient created technology that is, I don't think we've come to the point of, like, self-awareness in, in technology, but I'm sure that we're damn close. Well, like when the Facebook bot, when they started creating their own language Tay. and they had to get shut down. Tay. What's Tay? Tay was uh, an artificial bot. I Actually, I think that was Twitter. I think Tay was, uh, it was back almost eight months ago. And does Google own Twitter? 
I don't recall. I don't know. Whoever owns it was Twitter, Facebook. I'm very it certain was, it was Facebook. Okay, so and and Google owns Facebook. So I, I'm pretty sure that Google wanted to develop this artificial intelligence. On, Wait, Google on, owns Facebook. I'm pretty sure. Mm, I don't know about that. Hold on. But anyway, that's irrelevant. No. Hey way. Siri, does Google own Facebook? Put it up to the mic so Siri can join in on our podcast. Does Google own Facebook? Oh, it doesn't want to answer my question. It doesn't want to be recorded on... Uh, it doesn't want to be not. publicized. It knows what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> all it was saying is Google is Facebook. Google is Facebook. And yeah. that's obviously not what I was saying. But anyway, okay, that's neither here nor there. Tay was developed as a bot that was supposed to learn from the internet. Do it from my phone. Series everywhere. Siri... Does Google own Facebook? Oh, wait. Hang on, there we go. Does Google own Facebook? No. Okay, I found this on the web for on Facebook. No, not not does Google on Facebook. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Google on Facebook, yeah. She doesn't understand me because she's from Australia. (laughs) Own. Okay, I found this on the web for does Google own Facebook? I want to read. Just tell me. Whatever. All right, so probably not then. But anyway, again, neither here nor there. They developed this Twitter account that was supposed to learn from people on Facebook the, account. On, no, was, I think all right, it was, was, all right, was, all right, was Twitter. Technology, Twitter. okay. But technology, well, sorry, we're sort of deviating all right. in regards to artificial intelligence. It was supposed to learn from what comments that people said from the conversations that were going on on Twitter. It was supposed to like analyze everything, all the dialogue and stuff like that, and it ended up becoming this, like, neo-Nazi white supremacist. <laughs> it was like, uh, the Holocaust never happened, like, Hitler was the greatest, like, leader. Really? Um, like, black people are Why inferior. would it be opinionated like that? It would use the N-word and stuff like that, because a bunch of trolls, again, going back to the, the, those segments of the internet community that just want to cause chaos, yeah. were like, oh... So a, a new baby on the internet. How can we corrupt it? And so they made it into this the most horrible person they could possibly think about, like think of. And and it was fed. Are we also, thinking of two different things? I don't know. I'm thinking of the Facebook bot that created its own language. Yeah, no, we're thinking of two different things. Oh, okay. I, I, I was talking about something that was like artificial intelligence, okay, okay. like an attempt to talk to people, and it would generate its own com- oh, I comments okay. and content. And it ended up becoming racist, sexist, homophobic, like the worst person that you could have possibly imagined. And they had to end up shutting it down and making it private. Got it. I but, see. So, yeah. Uh, but what was the Facebook thing? The was, Facebook thing was there's a Facebook – they were like uh, AI bots on Facebook and they created their own language to communicate with each other and like Facebook couldn't figure out what they were talking about. I heard about that actually. They couldn't decode what they were talking about and so they shut them down. I did hear about that. That was really freaky. Yeah. Because, yeah, computers started communicating with each other and we didn't program them to do that. No. We didn't expect them to do that and they just started doing it. And it's like, uh, who is it? Elon Musk has warned about, uh, warned Mark Zuckerberg about the dangers of artificial intelligence and that he is he is playing god right now and he has no idea 
the fire that he's holding in his you hands. You should check out the movie uh, Eagle Eye. I think I've seen parts of that. With movie. Shia LaBeouf. It's about like artificial. You're recommending it's with uh, it's with uh, it has to do with artificial intelligence and like like this this AI thing has like a mind of its own and it tracks where these people are through their phone through public security cameras the camera on the ATM like all this crazy shit. It's really I wonder if I I feel like I might have seen that movie at some point in time. The recent movie or this is from. I don't know. This is several years, several years, several years ago. ago. Okay. It's like yeah, the that, late that, 2000s, maybe. I might have seen that. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're, to, we're to that point right now where, like, criminals won't be able to hide. Like, normal people won't be able to hide. No one is going to be able to hide from the all-knowing internet because, again, it's not just recording information about what you like or things that you visit. It's recording information about, like, where you go and who you talk to. And the kind of conversations that you have. And it's getting so advanced to the point where it's able to recognize tone and inflection. Where it it can sen- it's starting to sense emotional patterns. That's sort of the next stage of technological development on the commercial level. Is technology that senses your mood. That doesn't just integrate your mm-hmm. comments and content. But can tell what where you are mentally. And be able to assess and use that in the aggregate as well. That's so wild. Yeah. It's so crazy and it's super scary to think about also. It is. But, I mean, you think about – well, you think about the 2016 elections, right? And, I mean, the the Russians hacked our elections in the sense of they they utilized Russian – uh, they used Facebook ads, Twitter, and so that's and been confirmed accounts. and verified by eighteen and, uh, intelligence agencies. And yeah, yeah. why isn't this like national headlines? Because the Republicans control the internet. No, 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 no. Because they won, Russia helped them win. Why would they want to discredit their winning by going after the people who helped them win? I mean, it's this paradox is if they say this is a scandal and a bad thing that Russia is influencing our elections, but they're helping us win, it means that our majorities and but even the presidency itself is not legitimate. I'm not saying politicians go and have, like, a press conference on this. I'm, like, saying why aren't – why isn't the media or just – or or, uh, or independent media sources, like, throwing this out on the internet, trying to they get are. the masses they to They are, but don't, don't forget, too, that – Media is a corporate culture that also that's, tries to feed into the emotional state of. of our being. And so they're focusing on whether or not Trump said shithole in a meeting as opposed to the fact that, yeah, you know what? Russia is gearing up their efforts to influence the 2018 midterm elections in the U.S. Like, And we have done nothing, nothing to prevent or preempt another cyber attack like they used during the 2016 election because – that doesn't get clicks, that doesn't get views, that doesn't get eyeballs compared to Trump paying off $130,000 to a porn star or, you know, him using racist language. Like, mm-hmm. that's so much more um, edible for the public. Yes. The public, like, like they'll watch that. Russian hacking? I mean, that story's been told, right? So then what happened? Do you know all, a lot of the details with the election being um, rigged? 
Yeah. You talk about Facebook ads. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. a lot about so it. So it's it's interesting because like there are multiple different levels to it. The primary influence that the Russian government had had to do with their purchasing of Facebook and uh, Facebook ads primarily, which spread fake news about Hillary being a murderer, Hillary being like Satan incarnate, basically. And it was posted on um, on as advertisements on people's accounts that tended to be part of that sort of like insular circle of you know Hillary is the you know like if 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 they said anything anti democratic or anything pro republican Russia using the algorithm that Facebook had developed would target those individuals to show these ads that only escalated their anger and rage towards the opposing party and so you had that you also had a ton of fake twitter accounts created and purchased by the Russian government and it was like these troll farms where they would employ Russia would employ a factory worth of people who had multiple Twitter accounts and would just keep setting up social media Twitter accounts and they would descend upon a topic at a particular time that was convenient to you know the narrative so for example when the when there was something negative about uh, Trump's finances not releasing his tax mm-hmm. returns breaking uh, Russia would direct its troll farm to talk about Hillary Clinton's emails. And so suddenly, okay. as opposed to the tax returns being trending, it was Hillary Clinton's emails that suddenly like sucked up okay. because they posted all this stuff to people who were already inclined to believe the worst about the opposing party and fed into that and pushed all their energy and all their effort into stoking as much rage and It's kind of like in Wolf animosity. of Wall Street when they'd buy a shit ton of uh, Madden IPO to boost up the uh, the price of the stock and get it, and then they just dump it. Yes, it, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So they would like kind of turn the wheel, get things going, get all these people uh, directed towards this one thing, what, so that their attention would be diverted from this other thing. One of the most fascinating social experiments that Russia successfully pulled off was they created a Black Lives Matter account and they created a white neo Nazi account and they said. Uh, for the Black Lives Matter account, they reached out to all people who had any sort of reference to Black Lives, positive reference to Black Lives Matter on their Facebook account and said, we're holding a rally on, like, September 20th in this town. And then the neo-Nazi group said, we're holding, to all the people who had mentioned pro-white stuff, sent it out, we're holding this rally on September 20th in this no same town. And they got the two groups of people, no Russians around, literally just from Russia on the internet, spreading ads about this rally that was taking place, a pro-Black Lives Matter and a pro-neo-Nazi rally, and they said, we are holding this rally in the same town at the same time without telling each other. And so they showed up and... No way. I didn't know that. I can't believe I didn't hear about that. There was conflict and there was... And it is remarkable because, again, with this sort of, like, crazy news cycle where we have, where it seems like people are trying to be the most outrageous thing out there, right? If it's not about Donald Trump, it's about fucking Logan Paul or something else that's equally <laughs> yeah. outrageous. No one's focusing on well, the substantive issues of something as crazy and manipulative and as sinister as getting two, like, two groups of random people, just random people who had no affiliation with this fake account and suddenly we're like yes i agree with that cause i agree with that cause just let's just show up we're assuming that it's legitimate and they both showed up at the same time in the same place man i um that's the power that's what the uh 
That's what Sean Parker. I can't remember the other fellow. Um, he, he has, I believe, I, I presume he's Indian or Sri Lankan or somewhere around there, uh, who also helped start Facebook. They started talking about how the age we're living in is where, uh, you know, truth is defined by what is most popular. And people begin to, or, and people, even if something isn't true, it gains so much popularity that it then becomes truth. Whereas other things that are maybe true that are le- that aren't as popular, or something that people like that saying is the truth is a hard pill to swallow. Something that's truthful but not very easy to accept. If it doesn't have popularity or it's disliked, it becomes something that is untrue. Okay, so can I can I just respond to that because yeah, I, feel, yeah. I feel like I have a pretty uh, academic, like a thoroughly academic understanding of your what you're saying right there. I'm not trying to argue. And, anything. No, no, I'm no, just no, saying no, what this guy no, was no. Saying. But I'm saying like yeah. to reframe yeah. what you're saying is that the fundamental basis that I work off of is that truth is relative, right? Truth is whatever the powers that be say truth is. Correct. Right. When they say winners write history, yeah. that is the most true thing that anyone could possibly say. And so, in the past, prior to the internet age, truth was defined by government, media, and uh, uh, social influencers, like people who had social capital and power, right? It was all isolated in the hands of a few. Now, you have the ability for a group of people, regardless of what the power, the traditional old guard powers that be determined truth was now you have the crowdsourcing of like what do you think truth is truth is what you feel like now we've been given the power like if we all sort of coalesce around this idea of truth we can make that truth be reality Mm -hmm. right if enough of us come together we can we can disregard the old guard we can disregard common sense we can disregard rationality and we as this small group of dedicated and passionate individuals can make our own truth. And that's the world I think that we live in right now is a world where you can find a community where you can make your own truth. You can, you can make the world in your own image. Right. And that has never existed before because it was always curated by the, the guardians of, of news and information, right? Politicians, media figures, like all that, Information trickled down from them. Now we have access to all of information. So if there's a group of us that are large enough and decide that we want to ignore what experts or politicians or, you know, people up above us are saying, we can do it. Like, totally. Like, we have a community for that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about that, like, truth truth is more relative now than it has ever been. Because I think about trying to have a conversation with somebody like Ray and like telling him that certain fundamental beliefs that he has, for example, like Mexicans stole his jobs. Like <laughs> Mexicans made his, his, his income and employment go down. Yeah. Like, and I, this is a thought that's been crossing my mind recently, but I, I keep thinking to myself, my response is like, are you mad at like the drywall companies for, for making it easier for people to like do drywall? Like that's the reason that it became cheaper is because they made it more efficient to drywall like anyone can drywall now any any schmuck with like 
with a computer to figure out how to drywall to learn from you can drywall. We can drywall, and it's like, are you mad at them? Like, you you bear no ill will towards the companies that made it easier for for anyone to drywall, and yet you hold all of your angry animus towards a group of people who, like, you are saying is responsible for your decline in income when – the real perpetrator is the companies that make it easy for people to drywall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they're the ones that facilitate. Anyway, if it wasn't the Mexicans, it would be fucking other, like, <laughs> Like, really, it, it would not matter the race or class of the person if it became financially beneficial and they made it economically advantageous to go into drywalling. Like, people would do it. It's not the Mexicans' fault. It's... Economics. It's basic economics, the way that they make things easier. And so trying to explain that, it's like he will not accept that truth because the truth that he lives in is one of a uber conservative world where, you know, it it is the Mexicans. It, yeah. it is their fault. Like you can't tell you can't tell them otherwise, and if you do, you're just you're just a sheeple. <laughs> That's true. Truth is relative. Um I don't have anything else. I th- I really enjoy the vast, um, vast. I don't know what. Sorry, we, we had quite but, a bit of substance. What was what nice was about yeah. this. Co- I felt yeah. like what was really cool is this entire episode has revolved pretty much around one central idea. Yeah, yeah, and I thought there was a lot to probe and yes. in just exploring the, like, I mean, there's so many things that we're not even aware of that are out there that are impacting our lives, whether we see it or not, like in very subtle ways, sometimes overt ways. Like we are controlled. Dude, you know what's going to be super scary when uh, – have you ever seen the movie uh, Kingsman? Yeah. yeah. You know where they they like go and it's like oh, yeah, you get yeah, a free yeah, cell works. phone. I think it's like you get a free cell phone and we put this chip you get, in your brain or something. Yeah, you get, like you get lifetime free data or something yeah. like that. I like how terrifying is it going to be? I will be, and I won't be surprised, but I'll just be in complete awe when the day comes where they advertise some type of quote unquote medical chip or something to put in you, and people will just totally would be willing, like, oh, let's go to the store and get this chip. You know implanted. that already exists, right, on a commercial level. There, no. there are there are these there are these uh, little pills. Another fun fact: there are these little pills that have been developed along with. I think they might be actually a Fitbit creation, but they're along the health industry standard where you you swallow these like little pills, like they're just you know biodegradable pills. Oh, that I know what you're talking in about. In and out, and it goes through your digest, digestive tract, and it senses what's going on in your digest, digestive tract, and it tells you if you're healthy or if you're going to get sick and like it can start to predict. And that's the next generation is that technology will be able to start to predict when you're going to get sick. If you're healthy, if you have cancer, like early onset before you'd even be able to ever recognize that you but have that, a symptom or something like that. Like, Oh, like it's going down. It's going through like, Oh, but that's like a temporary thing you consume and then like you poop it out later. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're pills, but it, it goes to your phone and it, it accumulates data on your phone and it tells wow. you how healthy your digestive tract is. Are you eating healthy? Do you have like weird stuff going on? Like do you have like uh, early onset diabetes or, uh, you know, other issues that like high blood See, pressure that's and stuff like, like that? I think that's – and it's funny because when I think about that stuff, like I think that type of thing is super cool and it can be super handy. The sleep cycle. The thing that just – the thing that scares me 
is whether it's something that's temporary that you poop out later, like you were describing, or something that's more permanent, is it being masked as this thing that helps you, but behind closed doors, like, oh, this tech company wants to release this? Yeah, you can release it, but what you're not going to tell people is that us, the feds, are going to have uh, a different... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Ulterior motive behind yes. this. Yeah. So behind closed doors, this will be used also for this, but you're not going to tell people that. That's the thing that I'm terrified of. But then also looking back, now that we're, you know, I'm 29 and you're 30 right now, it's getting to the point where technology or things are coming out and I can see myself being like, no, I'm not doing that, being so hard on my old ways. Just like how people are like, no, I don't use, I don't use email. I don't use cell phones. I don't go to the doctor. It's like, dude, just you're you're just making life harder on yourself. So it's time. It's difficult to try and define that line. Change where, is hard. Yes. Where? What is advantageous? What is not? What's a double-edged sword? What do I need to add to, adapt to? What can I hold off on doing? So two things I'll say to that. One. Uh, so there is. I have to say there is a virtue in withholding your information from the interwebs as much as you possibly can. Trying to do things on paper, trying not to do online banking, like trying to um, just stay offline as much, you know, having an old phone, having a flip phone yeah. razor, something like that. Like, all these things, I look at uh, both Ray and my mom, two people who refuse to accept allowing technology to integrate into their own lives. When you had the Equifax hack, Oh, that's right. Those were the only two people I knew that did not get affected. I got affected. My dad, my brother, my sister, you, yeah, um, Victor and, and Brooks from Minnesota. Like, everyone got affected. And so, yes, there is, uh, there is, I think, a value in instances of crises where it's like, I'm glad I didn't give that information away yeah. because I'm free. Like, I, they don't have it. Like, they can't be stolen, right? However, there is also, and I want to say that allowing, like, allowing technology into your life will make your life better, you know, if you allow it in certain ways. I think about my sleep cycle app, sleep cycle app, like, life cycle, like, all of these different things that sort of keep track of just things that you would normally not keep track of, but does so in a way that's like, oh, you can be aware of it and you can actually, like, confront it for the first time. There is a certain, you know, uh, increase in quality of life that we experience from participating in technology. So it's that careful tension is like, you know, I I worry that it's kind of one or the other, right? It's like you withhold all information or you allow all information to just be out there because they're going to get it one way or another. Yeah. You can't really – yeah, it's like you can't really – Go in between, you, yeah, like you one can. or the other. But, oh, in regards to what you were saying about um, co- corporations trying to sell your information, right? All of that stuff has to be publicly disclosed. They can't do anything in private anymore. Like that's not the way that things work. If it if the, if a corporation does try to do something under under wraps, it ends up being a huge story nowadays because again, everyone has information to all knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so if they're doing something wrong, someone will find out and that will be reported and people will get angry. So I feel like there is the social pressure of like, we are trusting you with our lives. Basically, if you fuck us over, we will make you pay. <laughs> like, 
I feel like there is that general public attitude is if Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, like any of these things does something that's so outrageous that invades our personal privacy and it's like, what the fuck did you, like, <laughs> like, we will respond in force because that is the way that the world happens. <laughs> if you fuck us over, you will pay. I think that sums th- sums things up. Would you agree? I think so. All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay tuned for a special episode of Stream of Thought. Oh, that's right. Next episode. Next two <laughs> episodes will be featuring uh, a few guests. A, so a, stay a trip tuned. to Second City. It's yeah. fun. Next two episodes will be featuring Ron DeSico on the episode after this, and the episode after that we will be featuring the uh, Cody brothers, twins, Greg and Mike Cody. So Part two. stay in tune for that.